Web3 is an opportunity. It is an opportunity. However, you have to bring what you have to it. So people who maybe wake up in the morning and, and maybe they've lost a lot of money, like I have done, I have done, okay? The only person that can change that, the only person who's responsible for changing that is you. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate, and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard. And me, Pam Caldwell. Today, we are so excited to chat to this incredible woman who I feel like I know because she's been joining us for the last few weeks on our Twitter spaces. The conversations have been incredible. And I reached out to her and said, we need to get you on the podcast. We need your energy, your positivity, your wisdom, your words. So Pamela Kerr, Amazing to have you on the Sisterhood Club podcast today. Can you start by giving the audience a little bit about your background, your journey, who you are and what brought you here today? So Pamela, the floor is yours. Over to you. <laughs> Thank you, Georgie and my sister from another Mr. Pam. I just wanted to say before I, I go anywhere and talk about my story, I want to give huge flowers to both of you. What you're doing right now is having a massive impact, not only on women, but also on the Australian Web3 scene. It is what is badly needed and, you know, holding space which a woman feels comfortable to come into, which is what you're doing and everything else with your project. So I just want to say, you know, respect to you both. I'm here because I, I came into one of your spaces and I couldn't believe the level of intelligent, inspiring, factual information that you shared. And you, you enabled your audience to digest it in such a way as we can put it in the practice so for me, um, I'm humbled to be here, genuinely. I am your biggest fan. I tell everybody about you. I was talking to somebody about you this morning. Um, and I'm just delighted to be here. I'm a former lawyer and a police detective from um, Northern Ireland. Grew up in Derry, the original Derry Girl. If anybody hasn't seen the Netflix show, watch it. Trust me. <laughs> that is me. That was my school. That's where I went to... Um, that's where, that's the life we live through. We live through the troubles. And I genuinely, I, I like to look for silver linings in everything I do. And my childhood was definitely not um, your normal uh, upbringing. We grew up in the troubles and with all that that entailed. So I feel that we have resilience built into our DNA. I genuinely do. Um, I emigrated to Australia almost nine years ago now with my fabulous husband, Dave, um, he saved my life. I was involved in two bad bombs. I was shot at. And um, my husband said, enough, enough time. And, you know, I was a young woman. I wasn't I wasn't old. And I was like, I, it's like admitting defeat, you know. But he was like, no, I, I'd rather you have you were alive for our children and, and my wife than, you know, stay where you are. So we emigrated to this amazing country. Oh, my God. I just, I used to dream about... You know, I went to a psychic, and we'll tell you this, right? This is this is so not me. I went to a psychic, right, when I was about 18, 19, and she was able to tell me that I would not settle 
in Northern Ireland that I am going to go overseas. You know, as they do when they're reading their crystal ball, and they're all saying, you're going to go overseas and all this sort of stuff. And um, it happened. And I just, I couldn't believe it that I ended up in Australia. So when I first arrived here, um, I was retired, basically. And um, we went to Brisbane, beautiful Brisbane, shops galore, I had the best time. But then after a while, I started to get bored because it worked all my life. I didn't understand, you know, I couldn't compute. Like I was too young to just, you know, put the feet up and turn orange on the deck chair with my pina <laughs> Although some fake hands I've had, let me tell you, have been very orange. Um, <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to do? And I, I fell into um, direct selling um, and I spent six years building up two big businesses in there. And then I'd always looked or sought out people who could make my life better that I could learn from. From an early age, my daddy always encouraged me because uh, apparently I had big brains, right? I had big brains. But I I always wanted to be a hairdresser. Like, look at my hair. You know I, mean? I wanted to be a hairdresser. I did not want to be a big brain person, but it wasn't happening in our house. I was going to university and all the rest. So that was that. So I came in Web3, right? My journey into Web3 is an interesting one. I was brought in by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I have followed Gary Vaynerchuk for about 14 years. I liked him because he said bad words. And I was like, oh, he's a bit like me. That's quite nice. And I liked him because he was no nonsense. He was honest. He cut through all the white noise. He delivered something that could be impactful in my life. And I started to put things into place. And then he announced he was launching an NFT project. And I was like, oh. What's this? How come I don't know this? What's this? And my husband laughed. Like, I mean, a belly Santa Claus laugh. He laughed when I said, I'm going to look into these NFTs and Web3. And he was like, no, you're not. And I'm like, so am. So I started doing a bit of research. And all of a sudden, right, on LinkedIn, Gary V reached out to me on LinkedIn. Now, Gary, I was like an audience at home. I was like, oh, I'm so special. Gary V reached out to me. I must be somebody. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's all this new life in Australia is meant to be. Look at all this excitement stuff. And he said, right, I, I follow you. I think you're this, that, and the other. So he blew smoke up my ass. And I was like, oh, I'm so important. I'm brilliant. I'm going to take over the world. Yeah, ego, ego. Check your ego, ladies. It'll get you into <laughs> trouble. Check your ego, everybody. Leave it at the door before you make any massive life decisions. So he told me to set up. He, he actually set up a special telegram for me and him. He contacted me daily. Now, this was early February, I want to say. Every day he gave me a task to do in Web3. Set up a MetaMask wallet. Join OpenSea. Find out how to exchange fate into Ethereum. Put it all into this nice big wallet. So that's what I did for three months. I put my husband's retirement fund in there without saying anything to him. Oh, and you're still married? Like, <laughs> we're still together. It's, it's rocky at times, let me be honest. But we're still together. And um, all of a sudden, one of my other friends dropped an NFT project. And like, it's just, it was so elaborate. And I'm not stupid, like, but it was really elaborate. It was, he talked like Gary Vee talked. Every day he checked in. Well, where are you today? What are you doing now? Um... So I want you to get out of your comfort zone, have a guard sale. And I was like, I don't, I, I, I'm, okay, I don't do guard sales. I don't get my hands dirty. And he was like, do it. So I was like, oh, 
did do it. Because I thought it was him. I thought it was him, and that's his, you know, M.O. And, ugh. Anyway, came to the... And he taught. He sent me articles to learn about NFTs and Web3, blockchain. And we wouldn't go to the next day unless I learned all the stuff. So it was, like, weird, you know? So one day I decided I was, uh, was going to buy uh, one of my friend's projects and went into the wallet to buy the project and my Ethereum was gone. And I thought, oh, I've logged in wrong. Everything completely wiped out. Now, the realization of that, the fear, the sinking of my stomach and everything else when the realization started to dawn on me, because I had been asking him, oh, I want to buy some V friends from my husband, from my son, my daughter. And he was like, no, no, don't worry about that. Well, I'll, I'll be gifting you those because you're so special. And I was like, and I believed it. I, now, this was early last year. So in my defense, <laughs> I was a Muppet. I own it. I tell everybody about it. And I cried for three days. I uh, had vodka and Valium for three days. And then finally I had the courage to tell my husband mm-hmm. as it happened. Uh, now, there was lots of expletives and divorce thrown about quite a bit. Um, but, but... He eventually understood I had the biggest learning curve of my life um, and I'm working to this day to uh, replenish that retirement fund. Um, But as luck would have it, on the day that I realised through the tears and the toilet roll and the tissues and everything else, I realised what had happened. I got on a QA and a with Gary V to hundreds of people on Instagram. So I got to speak to Gary V. And it was like a child on Christmas Eve, number one. It was like the most bittersweet exchange because I had to tell him what happened. I was like running up and down the hall going to Dave. I'm talking to Gary Vee. He says, don't you talk to me about Gary Vee. And I was like, oh, the real one. The real Gary Vee. Come on, the real one. And he was like, he just rolled his eyes. He was always oh, not a god. He still paid, cost me a lot of money. And I was like, I'm not going to tell him that day. So it goes on the, the Q&A and I tell him what happened. I said, but you know what, Gary? I'm going to pull my big girl pants up and I'm going to create an NFT to save the coral reef. And I'm going to set up a DAO and I'm going to do it because this is not going to beat me or put me off. And he was all, I'll get the business, our business manager for Friends to reach out to you. And I was like, yeah, that's what famous people say. Oh, we'll do this. We'll do that. Mm. He did. The business manager did reach out to me uh, and we've been friends ever since. Wow. Silver lining. What a story. That is, I was literally sat here when you were saying this and I was just like, and my first thought was, this sounds too good to be true. And of course, when you were saying that it wasn't the real Gary, I thought it it isn't. But your story, I think, can be so relatable Mm -hmm. to so many people out there that sadly during this time have been scammed, have lost their money, have, you know, invested in rug pulls. You know, there's been a lot of this that's gone around, right? And this is why Pam and I wanted to start the sisterhood. This is why we wanted to start the podcast because we wanted to have these real conversations with people mm-hmm. to educate, to make sure, especially women, because I do think that we can be easily put off and I don't want women to be put off. And I, I give you so much, so much credit and inspiration, Pamela, because so many people would have just walked away right there, put their hands, their head in their hands and just literally just gone poor me victim mentality and instead you just turned it around and look at you now like the lessons the person you've become through that experience is absolutely incredible and you've got so much knowledge and wisdom now to share with others so like you say there's always that silver lining 
So I just want to commend you for that because that story I think would just be so inspiring for so many people, like what you went through. So to talk to me about then, so you've, you went through that period of your life, which would be so traumatic for so many people. Mm-hmm. How did you go about getting yourself out of that because so many people in life, and this is what really fascinates me. I'm, I'm very fascinated about people's mindset and the mind, but a lot of people would have not been able to come back from that. How did you get yourself out of that situation and become such a powerhouse woman? You've always been a powerhouse woman, but the positivity, the energy you give off is so incredible. Like where does that come from? How did, how, what's your ability just to sort of keep going from such a knockdown because that's huge to lose all your life savings like massive Massive. huge story so what what turned it around what's talked to me I feel like there's something there's something very interesting in this so um my daddy always I'm going to credit my father for this I'll tell you why so when I was at school and would do tests and would do um different types of um exams and stuff I would come home and tell my daddy daddy I got 99 percent you know, I was top of the class and he would say to me, where's your other 1%? That's, and when I say that to people, the people go, oh, that's terrible. But can I tell you what? It's not terrible at all. Whenever I would come home and, and I said, I did, I got, oh, I did terrible today, daddy. Uh, and the tears tripped me saying, oh, I only got like 80%. He would say, well, tomorrow you go in, you do it again and you do better. So he always inspired me to keep going. And it's a phrase I use all the time, keep going you're still valuable to this world you have a lot more to give and I also credit my my police career um 16 years in the police in Northern Ireland um seeing all sorts of things that I don't want to repeat to anybody things that are too um you know mind-blowing basically and scary and being able to cope with that um and then obviously you know I, I am all, if somebody offers you an opportunity, just take it, just take it, right? And I have been so fixated, you know, with being the best at everything I do that I wasn't enjoying anything. I didn't enjoy it, but I enjoyed Web3 despite being scammed because I was able to feed my brain, feed my soul. I was able to learn new things. I felt that even though I'd retired from the police and given that up, I still had the ability, the intelligence, the business acumen to still keep going. Like I think the hardest part for me was when when I had to leave the police and and semi-retire, as they call it. To me, I'm like, I'm not finished, folks. I'm just getting started. So um, it's a culmination of all those things. I am definitely a survivor, and I'll tell you why. So I suffer uh, with PTSD after being blown up in the in the bombs in Northern Ireland, and I'm highly functioning. I had a, a very acute um, mental health breakdown. It just came on all of a sudden. I didn't realize it was even happening. It wasn't me. Two weeks of my life lost. Spent the next five years, from 2010 to 2015, building back up the person you see here today I have tools and techniques that I put into place I use the EFT the tapping um, whenever I'm triggered every morning when I wake up in the morning I sit on the edge of the bed and I sit to myself I sit there and I'm going to say bad words now so if you have to beat me out you can beat me out and I say I am fucking fabulous I am really good at this world this is not going to beat me I divide the day into three bits and in two bits of that day so morning afternoon evening 
I do something really just for Pamela. So whether that's getting the nails done, whether that's watching the trashy Kardashians, whatever it is, I take that we are for me and I fucking do it. Yay, I do it. I'm looking at all the figures and I'm thinking, how many bands or gastric surgery have you had or how much plastic surgery? Like, I just love it because it's just, I just sit there and just Switch like, off. I'm like, oh, I love mm-hmm. it, I love it. And get my nails done, it's exactly the same thing. Um, I love it or having a massage or a pedicure, whatever it is, whatever floats my boat at that time, I will make sure I do it. And then I'm remembered um, and reminded with the humor, human interaction I have with somebody that, you know what, you are here, Pamela, with a purpose to help people and you must do that because it's like the, the um, you know, when they talk about the two pairs of footprints walking along the sand, there are times when you must lift other people and you carry them and vice versa. So you got to give first. So I get up in the morning, I say it to myself and I, I, I read it out of one to ten. How are you feeling today? And anybody who suffered with mental health knows that there is a blackness, a darkness, a feeling that you have inside. It's in your tummy um, and, and it's dread. And you, you sort of rate that between one to ten. And then I get up and I... So use what you don't realise, Gares, both of you, you have been a lifesaver for me over recent weeks because it was around this time of year when I, the, the bombs happen and it's a tricky time of year for me. But I was able to get up and pop into your spaces and you just telling me that, that, you know, I can bring this energy. You got me through them days and you don't even know it. So that is the beauty of Web3. You don't know who you're helping. You don't know who you're saving. And you don't know who you're empowering just by showing up. So I have this inherent need to show up. Um, and it's it's been there since my daddy asked me what happened to the other 1%. Wow. Pamela, that that is so powerful. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing that story because you are the absolute epitome of tough times make mm-hmm. tough people. Mm-hmm. That that's that's just what I'm thinking. And mm-hmm. just what you've said there in terms of how you have actually managed to get yourself up and find something that you are passionate enough about. To be able to channel your energies and your focus in the right place. And I also genuinely believe that if you are going through something, whether that be, I've never really experienced depression before, but I have experienced fairly intense anxiety. But if you manage to find something that you're incredibly passionate about and you can channel those energies into that space, you can set yourself up to do great things. And going through those experiences that you've gone through, they are so unique. Um, and that is like incredibly troubled times. And that's why it's sometimes like, you know, in terms of like our generation, we do not realize how lucky we are to not have experienced anything that previous generations um, have gone through. Um, and it's just that resilience that you exude is it's like it's absolutely like no other um and i love that you have found found your found your space found your passion found your purpose and and web3 and i absolutely love you know your tagline on linked uh, linkedin dreams work so long as you do mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. and that that is so powerful and i feel as though especially in these tricky times at the moment there's a lot of people that are probably waking up and 
finding out they've been made redundant or, you know, you know, the, the market is incredibly tricky at the moment. You know, their investments are maybe falling out the floor and there's a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt at the moment. And that's going to be causing a lot of emotions whether that be, you know, low energies or high energies, like whatever way that you function. But what what would you suggest to those people in terms of like those coping mechanisms or what would be your suggestions to those people that are have been working towards pursuing their dream, their dreams in life, whether that be career, business, lifestyle? What what would be your your advice to people to navigate through these tricky market times at the moment? They are tricky, not only in real life, um, obviously, with, with everything else that's going on in the world, but they're tricky because of, you know, Web3 is an opportunity. It is an opportunity. However, you have to bring what you have to it. So people who maybe wake up in the morning and, and maybe they've lost a lot of money, like I have done, I have done okay, the only person that can change that the only person who's responsible for changing that is you. It's nobody else. And you have to have that grit, that resilience to go, you know what? This has happened. Write it down. This has happened. However, and I'm going to do this. It's not either or. This has happened either you so or I'm going to give up. It's not. Write it down. Look at it and say, right, this has happened. You've got to deal with things. What causes the majority of PTSD and mental health is you do not deal with things at the time. You've got to face it and, and put your big girl pants on and look at it and say, right, this is what's happened. But you know what? I've got skills. I can turn my hand to anything. If I've raised a family, if I've run businesses in the past, okay, so it was a bit of a fuck up. That's all right. Own it. First of all, you got to own it. I did it. It's my was my decisions led me to this point. I didn't take heed of the warnings that were given. I didn't. I didn't at the start of of my journey into Web three. I put my husband's retirement fund. Should never have done that. Should have listened to do your own research. Should have double checked things. I was a detective. I used to solve murders for God's sake, and I got fooled. So. Own it, be gentle to on yourself as well, okay? Own it, you're humans. As humans, it's in our DNA, we make mistakes. But, but it's how you react, what you do next is most important. Look at Walt Disney. I use Walt Disney a lot because I just love Walt Disney. Look at it, um, and I'm a 50-year-old woman. How many times was he turned away before he eventually created Walt Disney and Disneyland? Hundreds, hundreds. Look around you. The people who succeed are the people that had to overcome challenges. So I would also say, write it down, look at it, admit it, own it, deal with it, go through the remit of emotions, then be gentle to yourself and think about what you can do to change the narrative moving forward. So that's what I would suggest you do. Amazing. Pamela, I'm actually just thinking it, it is actually really funny, right? You're you're from Derry, like the background that you've been. I'm from Glasgow. We both think that we're really streetwise. I also had a call from the ATO a couple of months back and I'm furiously texting Kyle. I've not paid my tax bill. Like this guy, like, you know, I need to pay my tax. And Kyle's like, hang up now. <laughs> but by this point, I'd already given away all my details. And it just, it can happen to the best mm-hmm. of us, right? And that's, you know, you just, you need mm-hmm. to be on the ball when it's anything mm-hmm. to do with online. You just, you have to be switched on, right? Because I just thought 
I would never be scammed. Of course I wouldn't. I'm streetwise. I know I know the lingo. I know what's going on. And then all of a sudden I had to have all my accounts locked down because, you know, it, it just happened. So it's you just need to have like that awareness and check in and just make sure that when it comes to technology, it doesn't matter whether it's web two, web three, you, anything, you just you, you you know, you just have to be on the ball. So there's there's such an important message in that and it's you know, it's just pay attention. Hmm you know, and just make sure that, you know, you, you, you definitely check in and yeah. do and your I research. Own it, own it, mm. do you? I know everybody uses it as a buzzword or, or, you know, an anagram, do your research, yeah. What does that actually mean? I would love somebody to sit down and tell me, what does that mean? You see when people throw it about spaces, I'm like, right, tell me. What, what do you mean do your own research? Don't tell me what that means. Tell me what the definition of it is. Tell me the steps I need to go through. And I think for new people coming into the space, that's really important. We talk this lingo, we use these phrases, these buzzwords, but we're not explaining to people what that actually means. And you said something there now, Georgie, you said, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. Um, but I was adamant this was elaborate. And it's so funny because per um, Gary's business manager had to jump through so many hoops before I'd even talk to him on an email. I didn't believe it was him. I didn't believe this would happen. And I met him at VCon. Um, he he um, DM me at VCon and said, where are you? Come on over. And who do you want to meet and stuff? And I was like, can't be happening to me and I went to <laughs> with me and there and we're hugging each other and it's just so I just as a caveat to people understand do your own research what that means check double check then find someone in the space that you can cross check your information with before you part with your hard-earned money and and if people just understood that Using these buzzwords because you assume everybody knows everything right now in this space, it's it's not it's not fair on bringing new people in. It is a barrier to entry because they're sitting there thinking, "What are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Do your own research. What does that mean? Mm. Give them some practical advice." Yeah. A hundred percent. I completely agree, Pamela. And I just want to say like, what, what a beautiful story, because I think that shows to me that there are some really good people in the world as well. Yes. There's some not so good people, <laughs> then some people that, you know, are going to try and take advantage of people's good natures, but there is also some really goodness in the world as well. And on, um, on our spaces today, there was a lot of conversation around just leading with empathy, leading with kindness is so important right now because you do not know what's going on in people's lives mm -hmm. and everyone's got a story to tell. Everyone's got a journey and it's from these stories. It's from these journeys. It's from these shared experiences that we actually do learn. And I love what you just said then about do your own research. So we do have a lot of people that listen to this podcast who are brand new to Web3, brand new to NFTs. With with where you are in your journey right now, and obviously you've been in, in this space probably slightly longer than what Pam and I have. And what, what sort of research do you do when you're looking into a new project or, you know, any sort of thing that's going on in the Web3 world right now, whether it's an NFT project or anything to do with, with Web3, what are some of the things that you look out for? What, what, what are sort of some things that do you dive deep into before you invest, before you think this is a project I want to be a part of? What are some of the things that you look out for? Well, I'm going to give you advice that I, through my experience, okay? So what I have done is I have strategically created a group of people around me now. I have a developer who's a friend. I have someone who is very, very influential in the PFP space who knows everybody. I also have someone who is in the art world. I have all these different people around me so that when I 
And, and what happens, what is happening right now is these pods are being created everywhere. They're being created um, across the globe. It is how artists get started in the space selling because they created these pods and they all shared their skill set with each other. So if I'm going to buy into a project, I will go, go to my pod of advisors and I will say, have you seen this? Have you heard this? I will get my developer to check the smart contract, first of all make sure it is legit. I will look for whether the founders or the owners are doxxed. What doxxed mean basically is you know who they are. And I'm a lame, female Liam Neeson, so I like to know where they live. And <laughs> it's um, and these detective skills that I have honed over the years, even body language. Uh, I can read body language very, very quickly. And um, I also... Um, so I get the developer to check the smart contract and check all the code and everything behind the project, check the IPFS, make sure it's not connected to anything untoward. I speak to my PFP, uh, Yoda, as I call him, and he will go and do a deep dive. You say, yeah, I've heard the owners of this, this, and this. I then go and try and do as much research as I can online. Go to their website. Have a look. Um, and before you do anything else, never click on any links on a Discord. I hate Discord, people. Please develop something better than Discord. It kills me. Um, if you have a Discord, you see if they say things like, oh, read the white paper or here's our roadmap, run far away. Run away. It's it, We have moved on from roadmaps and white papers last year. They are a, an indicator of someone who does not know what they're doing. See when people say to me, oh, we have a roadmap and the roadmap is this. I'm like, no, you don't. You have a business plan. Come on, own it. Be transparent with your collectors because at the end of the day, they're your shareholders. I don't care what way you look at it. Um, you have to be upfront and honest. So I will, I will check all them things out. I just feel that we have to move with the times as well. Um, and whitelist for me is, is I, I don't like it. I hate the word. It shouldn't be a whitelist. So I changed mine to green list or early adopters. Um, I don't I don't like it. Um, and what I'm talking with you and sharing with you, ladies, is my humble opinion. And everybody has an opinion, okay? But this is through, based, my opinion is based on my experience. And I founded a project, which is about to drop wave two on the Tezos, uh, blockchain and I've been there and I've seen it so I've like you know put my toe in the water and then just dived right in so I understand how people think and work but evolution you can't sit still so a project who comes to me who's brand new not one that's been established if they have a whitelist or they have a they have a roadmap fair play to them that's grand but if you're brand new in in November 2023 2022 or 2023 and you're saying here's our whitelist here's our roadmap is this um the business that you just mentioned there is this the business that you're curating in the metaverse and like if so what is tell us a bit more about that uh in the metaverse so i am involved in two different ways in the metaverse i um curate um an art gallery um, it's the first art gallery is going to be on Tez land, which is the metaverse for the Tezos blockchain. Um, and basically, this is the first of a series that's going to be through 10 different metaverses, which I'm very excited about because it's going to be a, a franchise, a chain. 
um, once again, here we go, bringing web two into web three, folks. And the sooner people get come to terms with that, the better. But I'm responsible for that. So basically, I get to do what I love is like find artists, showcase them, make them believe in themselves. First of all, if they artists don't believe in themselves, they feel imposter syndrome. They're like, my work's not good enough. And I'm like, I wish I had one ounce of your creativity because if I did, let me tell you, people move over. I'd be up there. I'm telling you, I would be. There'd be no holding me back, but I don't. The 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 only creativity and talent I have is my ability to make you believe in yourself. So if I can do that and then showcase you and help you get to where you want to be or your definition of success, not mine, yours, then I'm, I'm all a winner. So that's the first one. The second one is that I um, also operate in the Nowhere Metaverse with um, All Stars Women. I am the chapter leader for Australia and Tasmania. And in there, I, I basically moderate different discussions on brands, on uh, Web3, on the Metaverse. And we bring women from all over the world um, from all different communities, all different languages, and we discuss the impact of that. And it's also very educational because we're educating people at the same time on what's happening right now. What is Louis Vuitton doing right now? What is Balenciaga doing right now? How is how are we bringing these brands into Web3? And then how can we harness the power of the brands to help the OGs in the space, namely the artists, from day one? We have that opportunity to set that benchmark. We control the narrative. We are bringing the brands in. And people, they struggle with that big time. And I personally don't. I, I want the brands to come. I want liquidity. I want to be able to, you know, have a slush fund that's run about that's going to support the next, you know, people or or whoever is coming up or the next project, the next wow, or the next, you know, fame lady squad, whatever you want to call it. But I want that liquidity. It's in our interest to bring it in. But it's also our responsibility to educate them properly on the etiquette, on the integrity, on that the brands have to give value first. You must give up something before you can come into this space. So I'm actively working with different brands in relation to that as well. I love that. You're just all across it, Pamela. I just think like you've got so much value to give and I completely agree with you. I think it's really exciting when you see the bigger brands come in, but we were talking about it in our space the other day about when they do come in, it's not take, take, take. And, uh, I, I'm, I won't say which, what brand it was, but a brand did want to host like a conference and charge like $1,300 for tickets. And we were just like, no, that's not okay because you're making it exclusive. And that's not what Web3 is about. Web3 is about we, not me. Mm-hmm. And it's about bringing people together. It's about, you know, not having one central entity. It's about decentralization. It's about empowerment to the people. And as soon as you're starting to charge, you know, 1300 bucks a for a ticket, you are literally, you're, you're only opening it up to a few certain amount of people that can afford that. So I was a little bit like, come on, like they, and that's where the education piece comes in. Right. But this is the excitement thing as well, because this is where the opportunity lies because a lot of web two companies are going to attempt to come in and they're going to fail miserably. So there is this opportunity now for people who you know, have an idea, want to start something. This is like the beginning of like the internet point two, you know, so this is, this is so much opportunity for people now. And this is why I keep saying it's like this morning when I woke up 
and I don't check my phone straight away. I do, I do some meditation. I think about, you know, what I'm grateful for, what I want to achieve in the day. And I do like you, Pamela, you know, I do really reinforce that belief in myself because it's really easy to compare yourself. It's really easy to fall into a trap of like imposter syndrome. Like who am I to, you know, start this, do this? What do I know? Right. But I think the opportunities for people in this space right now for the, for creatives, for artists, for musicians, you know, for even Pam and I with like, you know, what we want to build with Sisterhood Club to elevate, empower women, like the opportunities are endless. Mm -hmm. But I think what holds so many people back isn't their ideas, isn't their creativity, is what you just said about then the confidence, the belief in themselves. So I think you, when I hear you speak, you definitely get me pumped up. Mm-hmm. And when I said to Pam today, I was like, I almost want to like, just have you just in my ear every day, just coming in. It's like, you are fucking fabulous, Georgie. Like, I think we all need a bit of that in our lives, right? Yeah. So for those women and people listening to this podcast right this second, who perhaps feel a bit beaten down, who are lacking a bit of motivation, who perhaps want to start something, what advice, what words of wisdom would you give them? What do you tell your artists when they're having those imposter syndrome moments? What do you say to them to make them start believing in themselves? Once again, I go back to books. Dr. Seuss is, if you have never read a Dr. Seuss book as a child, read it now as an adult. There is no one in this planet that is younger than you, okay? You have special gifts. You are different. You have a talent. You are seriously, you know, you're worth it. You're worth it. You have something the majority of people on this planet do not have. You have a talent, a gift, a heart, and a soul, and a brain. It is your duty to engage all of those things to achieve your purpose. And I, I often ask my the people that I work with. I ask them for two things when I when I think about taking them on or think about working with them or collaborating. I said I want to know two things from you. Number one, I want to know why you want to do this so why you want to enter the nft space okay and i want a personal why i want you and people say oh because i want to do this no i'm like no no tell me stop and think because this is not a question that can be answered in minutes this is a question you have to go back and dig deep into yourself to find out and i i I share that my why i had to go way back so i used to be mentored by one of the um CEOs of Microsoft at the time and we did a business plan where he said to me you need to tell me what your why is and I was like well I want to help people and I want to do this and he was like go away come back in a week's time tell me what your why is and I'm like what does it mean I wasn't used to people telling me I was go away and learn you have to go into the very fiber of your being okay you have to dig deep and realize and your why has two different prongs so why you do it as a person so why are you doing this So for me, I'm the oldest in my family. I was the one that solved all the problems. I was the one that made all mistakes first. I was the one that helped everybody else and my parents raise my family. I did all the things first. So from a very young age, I was used to being able to help people and that made me feel good. So my why is not I want to help people. It is I know that if I do A, I feel good. I feel good. It makes me feel that I have a purpose in this world, that I matter. It is ego. Ego. (laughs) When all said and done, I want people to know I'm a good person. My second why 
is to retire my husband financially. So I asked them these two questions. He took a heart attack three years ago in Australia in the middle of COVID. So he's an engineer. I want to get him retired. That is my financial goal. That's what gets me up and through the hard times. I know I have to do ABC on a certain day to work towards that goal and keep going. So what I would say to you, if you're listening today, I want you to seriously think about why um, Georgie is who she is, why Pam is who she is and what she wants to achieve. Because if you can't, if you don't know that, how in order God are you going to convince other people? People buy, people buy from who they know, like and trust. They buy, uh, it's all about that that experience, that familiarity, that I've got something in common with you. I've got something in common with you. And if you can really tap in to that deep psyche of who you actually are as a person, there is nothing you won't be able to overcome. So I've shared about what I do. And then also every morning, every night, right, when you're brushing your teeth, with your wee electric toothbrush. I am fucking fabulous. I challenge you to say it. It will make you smile. It'll make you smile. It'll make you laugh at yourself. And, you know, um, I use humour a lot um, as an Irish person because, dear God, and we were trying to kill each other and, and it was all, the weather was always shit. So <laughs> I use humour to reflect but also yep. to build relationships very much. So. And people feel that they're safe. People feel like, oh, she's 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 not she's a nice person. She makes me laugh. So whatever it is that you have in common with other people, the only person that has that specific talent, that specific skill, or thought process, or upbringing, that is who you're going to relate to. So you are special. You're not on this planet for a long time. So you've got to make good on the time you do have, and you're you're special. You are special. Always think that, you know, each, each one of us living, walking, breathing, we're special. We've got things that we can do. And you just never know, like what I said earlier about this uh, Pam and Georgie and their show, they had no idea what was going on in my life. So empathy at that time and what I was struggling, being in that space and just being Pamela, just being me for that split, you know, couple of minutes probably saved my life. And that's a, as honest and transparent as I can be. That's another thing. Please be transparent, people. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Oh, my God. The mask has slipped. People see through you, okay? So just don't be thinking that you're on Twitter and people can't see through you. We're not Muppets. We're smart people. We're not students. I think so you can feel it. That that's mm. that's so powerful, Pamela. And I think like yeah, the, the key yeah. things there are like know yourself, mm-hmm. know yourself so well. Go deep, go inside mm-hmm. and find out, figure out what your why is. What is your why? What are your passions? And if you map that out, you know, then it's about taking action mm-hmm. to pursue those goals. And and by God, if you know that well, you you will achieve it. And like something that is, I think is really worth noting there. You mentioned about like humor, right? And I am also someone, Pamela, that uses humor as a default. And can I tell you that is one of the things that I fucking love about myself I love to laugh right I love it I love like Georgie and I like both like we we, as two individuals we laugh very very easy right and that life doesn't need to be so heavy Mm. it really doesn't right and I always say see as long as no one's died we're all good Mm. we're all good 
Mm-hmm. Any, as, long, as, uh, as long as no one's died, we can work our way through anything, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing needs to be that heavy, but as long as you are taking action, you know your why, you know your purpose, and you take action and you keep moving forward. And although that can be so hard sometimes to do, sometimes you can't go along. You cannot do it alone. You need help. You need community. And that is the power of showing up for other people as well. And Pamela, thank you so much for sharing how much that we've been a little beacon of light for you through some really challenging times, right? Because that is that has just made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Mm-hmm. And we did not have a clue about your journey. We did not have a clue about your history. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I feel so just delighted that we've we've helped you navigate a, f- a few tricky weeks just by showing up ourselves mm-hmm. and this is also the, the power of web3 and the power of community and the power of technology as a whole mm-hmm. let's even stop talking about web3 the power of technology mm-hmm. to make us all feel some form of connection right now is outstanding mm-hmm. and the way that we've had like recurring faces at showing up in our Twitter spaces on Tuesdays and Thursdays I feel as though I'm really getting to know people and it's just been absolutely beautiful to have you and you feel as though we've been a little beacon of light for you you have brought the absolute Mm -hmm. joy as soon Mm -hmm. as you come on our Twitter spaces I start getting in from ear to ear and I'm like oh yep we're up for a good morning this morning you know it's just so joyful but it's like the power of having other people around about you that have gone through some tricky times Mm -hmm. and they're okay they've come out the other end and I feel as though that those stories can be so Mm -hmm. relatable to people because I feel as though like mental health um is it's it's going it's a huge topic and has been for many years and thankfully people are talking about it on all sorts of Mm -hmm. platforms now I think like probably cut to even as little as five years ago people weren't showing up with as many vulnerabilities as what they are now I think social media was a bit more of a showcase Mm -hmm. the highlight reel whereas in this day and age I feel as though people are finding their spaces through maybe like audio or from Georgie and I or our goal was to create spaces where people feel as though they truly can come mm-hmm. and be completely themselves and be completely transparent to just make those real human mm-hmm. connections. And um, so just from hearing that feedback, thank you so much. And we're going to continue to show up because that's what it's all about. If you can positively impact just one person by mm-hmm. showing up yourself, right. done changing lives you are changing lives girls honestly and i don't give compliments lightly i really don't irish you know you have to earn it and uh, (laughs) (laughs) you have to earn it and and i don't blow smoke up people's asses either because you know what i have to think about what value i can provide first that's something that a piece of advice i would give you to see when you come into a new space it's like starting a new job you have to provide value first. You have to prove to the, the your coworkers, to your boss, that you are that you are exactly what they expected. So if you add value to people's lives, then you can really use that as a foundation stone to build that relationship. Really bring you know we all have different skill sets. We all can bring different things to the table. Um, most spaces I get invited to, um, it's because I, I make them giggle and laugh and it's my accent and because I bring a bit of fun, but they know that it's safe at the same time that they're in a 
hands, which you have to have the crack. And I don't mean that. I don't mean the, the yeah, I mean the Irish crack. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these spaces are fucking boring. Oh, like, yeah, I know. My eyeballs. But I, I have to give you flowers for it. I was sitting the other day, it was whatever day it was this week, I can't remember because it's very early in the morning. I'm still not Australianized. I, it's traumatic for me that time of the morning because in Northern Ireland, just turning over, you know what I mean? And then it's like, it was a shock to my system when I first came to Australia and when the sun was up, all these people were up and about and there was coffee machines going off and I'm like, people, seriously, it's the middle of the night, stop <laughs> Madness, madness. But, um, you know, we, we had a lot of different people in there, people from overseas and, and they all have their agendas. If you don't think somebody has an agenda for coming into this space, think again everybody has an agenda everybody is is you know whether they admit it or not has a reason for being there and and i see a lot of uh, farming followers and stuff that got happening as well you're so right everyone has an agenda and look i want to be respectful of your time as well so i would love to know pamela what is next for you what are you excited about and where can we send people to find out more about you and what you're working on Okay, um, so my business for being an NFT art agent manager is Virtual Horizon. That's where I, um, that's my website as well, virtualhorizon.com.au. It is where you can find out more about me and what I, the services I provide from that point of view. I'm also um, very, very heavily in in the development stages with the Tezos Foundation to bring a Tezos Australia here. Um, we are we don't have one yet. We're, we are thrown in with the Tezos APAC, but I really feel that we're building up such a community of business leaders, of um, Web3, um, not influencer, I hate the fucking word influencer, Web3 thought leaders, there's a nicer phrase, thought leaders, um, artists, and I really feel that we could really, so so how that works, you apply for a grant from Tezos, they give you like a million dollars or something like that. You set up like an art foundation, you could set up a foundation for women, you do it whatever you're, you, you way you want to, to activate the most impact, okay? But also I, I run the Artist Toolbox, which is a, a regular Twitter spaces every Tuesday morning, where we have a selection of artists who are part of virtual horizon as well some of them but what we want to do is make those artists access and have that self-governing power on the tezos blockchain and how we do that is we set up a bakery and the bakery basically gives us the power to vote on the next protocols that the tezos blockchain are bringing into place so it actually empowers the artists to get involved in the technical side of the blockchain and also uh, after everything that's going on right now with royalties and oh mr musk and everything else um i want to be able to make sure that my artists have a 360 approach so that they're artists but they also have a self-governance which is really really important at the start of web3 we said if an artist deploys their own smart contract they have self-governance now the marketplaces are coming in and, and interfering with that so if they're involved, if my artists, and we can do it fractionalized, we can have like six, 60 artists uh, running one bakery and they have a way to make money, but they also have a way of deciding on the future of the blockchain. And to me, that is Web3 in action. That is what that is. 
I'm also currently curating artists for the um, Tesland Art Alley. Um, everything is on my Twitter profile. Everything is in my bio. Um, and I am speaking at uh, NFT. Yes. yes. See you there. That'll be amazing. I'm so we excited to, yeah. to meet you. So we, we have to catch up. We oh, of course we do. Absolutely. Yeah. You ain't going to NFT Fest without catching up with Georgie and I, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. I don't agree. It's... I give them um, respect as well because I see the the quantity of women um, mm, in the yes. space, mm-hmm. and I really hope they get. I, I I I always operate on the premise of the jury's out until I see myself, but um, haven't looked around the world and have friends all over who've been to NFT NYC, our Basel NFT London, all these different things. How they can improve and really really make an impact. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to see what happens and how it, it pans out. I love the Australian can-do attitude. We can do it. We'll get it done. So I'm really keen to see what Greg and Michelle and, and everybody else does and how we actually – I hate when you go to an event and a Twitter space, um, a conference, and you come away with nothing or you come away and you don't put it into action. So I'm very much a person, I, I will make three connections or three coffee dates or three you know, relationships from everything I enter into. And I work in threes because my brain's so busy um, and I admit that openly, but get value out of it. And then when you get the value on the day, you're all excited and somebody's pumped you up and all, just see when you go home, put it into action because yes. the only person who's going to be responsible for that is you. It's not NFT Fest or NFT London, it's not. You, the box stops with you. So I'm, I'm excited to see what I'm excited to meet so many people. I swear to God, I really am. And I did ask. I there's a there's something niggling me about streaming. So there's um, a conference being held in Miami, um, um, a woman led and woman founded conference. And I asked the question because I I, I it's so detective in me. I want to get the nitty gritty. I want to not grill people, but I want if you're saying you're putting on an event. I want to get down to it. And I said, is there a streaming facility? Because we don't live in Miami and, you know, we're, we're on the other side of the world. And if this is a Web3 event, it should be streamed. Yeah. Um, and they came back and said, you know what? We are streaming. I was like, good for you. I'll be there. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> I'll be there. And they were like, thank you so much for saying that. We're the only one that's doing this so far. Now, people bring people in like from America and what have you they bring them in but they don't stream it to the world if you streamed it to the world surely we would educate more people yes. surely we would inspire more people and I think that that is something yeah that I'm very very keen I'm setting up um, the Tezos in real life meetups and catch-ups throughout Australia in 2023 mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get make sure I stream the whole lot because it's technology it's easy yes. we're in it let's do it so um i'm very excited really. voices uh, to the masses so much, so much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You talk about onboarding the masses and all here stream real life people telling their story that's how you get people in because people this here to see this mm. here regardless what you look like what time of the morning this is the money maker yeah. oh this it is 100% 100% I agree with everything you just said, and I am so excited to meet you, Pamela, in real life in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal, and we will make sure we link everything, um, all of your links, where where we can, um, where we send people to. 
um, in the show notes below. But thank you so much for being here today. It's been an absolute honor. And uh, for everyone who's enjoyed this podcast today, make sure you go and follow, follow Pamela. She is incredible. And uh, we'll put all the notes below. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll be with you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.